Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner Radio. This is Sarah in Portland. Hey, and this is Dimity hanging out in Denver where it's finally just going to be in the 80s today. We have had such hot weather, Sarah. I'm just... I'm just scorched, and I'm not talking about the fires. I'm talking about just 100-degree days. I can't handle it. You guys, I mean, I my heart goes out to anybody who lives in that permanently. Oh, I know. That's what, when I was out east visiting my parents in uh, Connecticut for two-plus weeks earlier this summer. I just was had newfound respect for, for our, you know, fans and readers and listeners who have to run in that type of heat and humidity day in and day out. I mean, my hat is seriously off to those people because I was – I was not feeling any, you know, pickup in my giddy up. Yeah, yeah, any pickup in your giddy. Um, I was channeling that, my inner you know, Danielle there. The other thing that um, I have to just put out there is I, so you know, I mean, so I am running still, but I mean, we're getting up at, you know, we're running. Me and my group of friends are running by about six in the morning, mm-hmm. and you know, by the end, we're just sweaty, and you know, we're like, oh, it's a humid day today. It's probably about you know fifteen percent humidity, but we're all about like, oh, it's so humid today. But then I, you know, I'm out driving about, and it's like literally noon, and my Odyssey, you know, temperature thing reads a hundred or ninety-seven, and I see people out there not even wearing like hats, and I'm just like, what? What are you doing? Like, I just, mm-hmm. I mean, part of me is like okay, maybe this is the only time they have to run. And part of me is like, it's just not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've thought the same thing. I mean, we had, um, I mean, you'll just laugh. It was quite chilly yesterday morning here, actually. Um, but then, yes, it the cloud cover burned off and it got, you know, I don't know, in the, I don't know, maybe 94 or something like that. And I even thought the same thing when I saw people out running in the 3, 4, 5 in the afternoon. I was like, whoa, it is so hot. Like, don't go inside, do something else. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. A place like this, you don't get acclimated? I mean, I guess, do you think people in Colorado have had a chance to get acclimated? Well, I mean, they may have. You know, you never know someone's story. You just judge them, right? When you're running by or when you're driving by them and they're out running. Um, I never, do, I never do that. I never do that. Oh, you never do that. I never judge um, people, no. Viscerally, I just, it, just, it just makes me hot. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. when I'm sitting, you know, like I said, in my odyssey and I look down at the the temperature and I've got like the AC blowing on me full volume at 62. And I'm like, you know, sweating in my bra. Like, I'm like, really, you're out there doing that. But I I have to say you mentioning the temperature thing on the Odyssey, our Odyssey still has the temperature output from when you reprogrammed the readout when you were driving it in Seattle last month. (laughs) <laughs> oh, really? Oh, because I always like to see the temperature, right? Oh, yeah, because you're like, oh, I don't want to know my gas mileage. I want to know what the temperature is outside. And you're like pushing the buttons, making it change. So I think, so- of, I think of you when I look at the temperature in the Oh, in good, the good. And Grant, my husband, always um, flips it back because he cares about the mileage. And I'm like, I don't care. I want to know what's going on in my world around me. Like, I may not know, you know, what top five headlines are today, but I will damn know how, how uh, hot it is outside. Darn sure. <laughs> Darn tootin' you will. Darn tootin' I will, I guess. Yeah, so exactly. then 
So then how hot was it during your triathlon this weekend, Dimity? My, the Iron Girl, mm-hmm. where I became an Iron Girl. Um, you know, it wasn't too bad. I mean, it definitely was, I felt very hot walking my um, bike back to my car. It was probably about a, you know, a third of a mile walk. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you're slow and you're done and it's hot. It just, you know, I don't I feel like the sun here, like we don't have humidity, but you know, we're at 5,000 feet and I feel like the sun just kind of burns through your skin here. Like oh, it just every penetrates time. Every more t- than it would in lower uh, climates. Yeah. I mean, every time I went out to see you last year, I remember I was like, oh, sunglasses, need sunglasses. No matter what time <laughs> of day it is there, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I was in the shades. Um, so that was hot, but nobody, other than that, it wasn't too bad. I mean, the run, um, like I wrote in our, um, on the blog, in the race report, um, you know, it's around the reservoir or we didn't go all the way around because it was a 5k cause it was a sprint triathlon. So we just went out to a certain spot and then flipped and came home. Um, and it's definitely hot. I mean, there's no shade, but because you're only out there for three miles, it's not, it doesn't feel like, I mean that, that I, I've only, so that's a second or maybe the third time I've raced at, at that Boulder Reservoir. And the second time was also a sprint. The first time was uh, um, an Olympic distance one. And I just, I mean, I thought that I was going to be a raisin by the end. I was in <laughs> such a bad place. I mean, you know, you're stuffing ice cubes down your bra and down your shorts and in your hat. And, oh, you just can't get cool enough, you know? And you, I mean, and I'm such a not mentally tough person that when I get uncomfortable like that, like, I'm just like, ah, screw it. (laughs) I'm walking, you know, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, oh, let's push through and fight against mother nature. Like, no, you're not going to win that one. You know, (laughs) I tell you, ice in the bra is my new secret weapon that I picked up from Boston. And uh, yeah, because yeah. because I think I've mentioned that there are people, very very generous townspeople, standing by the side of the road with bags of ice, which at the time seemed like they were handing out hundred dollar bills with their generosity, and uh, you know, and, and it's a two dollar bag of ice, and and so then on on Saturday when I had to run twenty miles um, as prep for my October seventh marathon, uh, I stopped at my friend Ellison's house at mm, with about two mm, three miles to go maybe. And so I asked her to leave a water bottle out on her front porch. And by then the cloud cover burned off. So it was pretty hot by Portland standards. And as I was, I asked her to refill the water bottle. And then I'm like, wait, I'm going to take some ice cubes and stick them down my bra. Um, and they were still, they had not fully melted by the time I got home. So they had done their job and it was, it was very nice. So. Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. That's a nice friend to, you know, reload you in the middle of a run. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also thought it was nice because I had texted her and asked her to leave the water bottle out and I wasn't going to disturb her or anything. I mean, I don't didn't want to come in and sweat on her you know, floors or whatever. But uh, they had left their front door open with just the screen door. And so I was like, hey, it's me. I'm here. And so we chatted and she was the one who told me the sad news that Click and Clack are retiring. So no more oh. new car talk. I was so dis disheartened and sad i know i know right i love them i could give i could care less about cars i mean that's not interesting to me but lord i love that show i mean even my kids amelia loves that show she's like mama click and clack on oh my goodness that's so funny because uh i was thinking the same thing though on saturday i was like okay i've listened to you know a podcast of wait wait don't tell me this fresh air is not working for me and i'm like oh i think it's around 10 i'll listen to click and clack you know live on on my phone and as i was running i thought I really 
don't care about cars at all, but they are so funny. And- oh, they're so funny. And I, you know what I love about them the most is that they crack each other up and they oh. crack themselves up. I mean, they're constantly, <laughs> you know, they're brothers and, you know, so they've obviously spent a ton of time together, but they never fail to amuse each other. They're just right. always, right. you know, laughing about something. Right, right. I fancy we're a little in that way because I certainly, you know, I, I like laughing at myself and, you know, you, you, <laughs> you crack me up no matter how many hotel rooms we've shared. So, uh, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, so um, so let's get uh, to the meat of our show, which is um, we had one guest um, scheduled, and then he unfortunately is um, got a huge cold. It sounded like yeah, he could um, he could barely talk. Yeah, he could barely talk. So we figured instead of making you kind of like crank your volume to twenty to hear his crackly voice, we'll leave we'll leave it as a big surprise as to who it's going to be. Right. Um, we're going to go back and answer some um, some Q and As that we've we've gotten off our Facebook page, Run Like a Mother, the book. Um, and so I guess, why don't you start, Sarah, with the one that um, yeah. we just talked about? Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, Lauren wonders about pacing issues. And she says, I just can't wrap my head around how it works when you do your training long runs slower, but yet expect to run at your usual pace during race day. My mind says, don't go that fast. You're used to running slower and will burn out. Um, so... And you were kind of like, hmm, I don't have an answer for that. And so I have a couple answers for that. I mean, the Lauren, the thing about a long run is it's teaching your body a couple things and getting your body used to a couple things. One, it's getting used to your body just being upright and pounding, pounding, pounding for miles on end. It's getting your joints, your muscles, your tendons, the whole bit accustomed to that um, constant pounding that you're going to undergo on race day. It's also teaching your metabolic system how to switch from burning carbs and glycogen to using fat as a fuel source. And so that it's, I don't know, there's some magic number of, of when you pass it that your body shifts to using fat. And you can extend that, you can tap into that system sooner if you train wisely. And part of the way of training wisely is to train at a slower rate. Because when you go faster, you, this is where I get a little sketchy, when you go faster, you burn a different ratio. And when you can go long and slow, it helps your body switch the, you know, start using the fuel tank of fat instead of um, carbs and glycogen. So, I mean, the way that you teach your body how to go faster on race day is to do speed work on days other than your long run. And so that means, you know, whether you do tempo or um, intervals at the track or hill repeats also help you get stronger and faster. So it's then race day is a combination of having taught your body how to go long and then how to go faster. And on race day, when you're nice and tapered, those two, um, you know, avenues that you've trained merge and into hopefully a perfect storm of uh, meeting your goal time. Let's call it a beautiful marriage instead of a perfect storm. (laughs) Uh, And then the other thing, um, the other thing, Lauren, that I would add to that is that, um, you know, you, you, you're, race day is a whole different animal when you're surrounded by people. I mean, you will want to go faster than you probably should actually. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, it's, it's, your body is primed and ready to go, but also just the, the adrenaline and the crowd and the, you know, the people around you and the paces around you and the music going and all that will set you off at a pace that, um, that isn't your long run slowness, but Mm -hmm. you'll be glad you have that. Like a long, slow run kind of lays the bottom layer of your pyramid. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think your fitness pyramid. And so you really need to have that be really strong and solid before you can 
build up. Right. And one thing before we move on to the next question I'd like to add is it really it's a um, big error to run your long runs too fast on the thought that, well, I can't go out and run 12-minute miles, uh, you know, because I want to be running 11-minute miles on race day. No, no, no. It's by g- making sure that you keep the pace slower is going to help you go faster on race day as counterintuitive as that seems. So there you go. So, yep. s- so slow those horses, Lauren. Yeah. Um, okay. And so Jillian is asking next, um, how much can you really slack off during marathon training if you're just looking to finish? I have one month left, um, which at this point she probably has it done because these questions came in a while ago, but still, still good information. Um, I have one month left and have no problem getting in my weekend long runs, but the weekday runs lately are getting pushed aside more often than not. Mm. Um, and my, you know, obviously in an ideal world, you do all the training runs. Um, I'm training for a half Ironman right now. Um, and I'm probably getting in mm, 65% of the workouts, maybe 70 on a good week. Um, so I think you give yourself a little leeway, but the idea that if you're only doing the long runs and not working at all during the week, I think is might be setting you setting yourself up for some, some injuries to be honest, oh. with, even though you're in, in the depths of your, um, marathon training program and your, your body's used to running. But, you know, if you don't run for six days and then you go run 18 miles, like that's not the same as your bo- on your body as running, say, you know, six miles, three times or, or three miles, six times, you know? Um, so I guess, you know, if you have a really time crunch schedule, I mean, you know, the, the, the lowest I've seen it is run less, run faster, which is three days a week. Um, and I think, you know, two days of running during the weekday, I think, you know, should be, um, if you have to shuffle your schedule around or whatever, get it done on the treadmill or whatever you have to do, I would really try and make that a priority. What do you think, Sarah? And, and also, I mean, uh, you know, being in the midst of marathon training as I am, I mean, what you have to remember is that a lot of marathon weekday runs, you know, weekday runs for marathon training, I should say, are not all that long. I mean, even on the the marathon own it plan, which is in train like a mother, which is the plan I'm following. I mean, you know, this week, two of the runs are three miles and, you know, I'm going to substitute cross training for one of those, but I mean, it's not, you know, it's not all that much of a time requirement. And also, I mean, just the, even if you don't get injured, I mean, let's say, you know, let's say somebody's 25 or something or 30, they you know, might not be getting injured, but they are going to be in a world of hurt on the long runs for the couple days after the long runs. And then on marathon day, I mean, it is going to be a total slog. And, um, <laughs> I mean, let's that, 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 putting a bright spin on it. It's going to be a total slog. We hope that wasn't the case, Jillian, but you never know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so fit in, you know, even if it's, I don't know, a four miler and a five miler or something like that, just get something in there because it's just going to be too much of a shock to the system to only go long. So Katie is wondering, she wants to know about fueling her body during long runs. Boy, everybody has these long run questions, um, which is good because I feel I'm very much in the mode to answer them. But um, I've run across a few lists that include candy. Is that really a good idea? If so, I can't wait to get to the long runs. Mm, Bring on the Snickers. Um, (laughs) What else can I look forward to eating during a run? And we actually had that question on our Facebook page this week. And um, uh it was, uh, I mean, Dimity, it seems like you oftentimes experiment with eating some different things. Well, yeah, I mean, I've definitely, I mean, the idea is that you want quick sugar. You want that like fast burning 
sugar. You don't want, um, you know, the, the complex carbs, you want the simple carbs. So yeah, that's what gel, most gels are. That's what like cliff shots are, you know, stuff that that's just like that very simple, accessible sugar, because that's what your muscles feed off of, um, most easily. Um, but candy works. I mean, definitely candy works. Tootsie rolls, Swedish fish, um, starbursts, I would imagine. I don't know about, I wouldn't probably go to chocolate mostly because since 2011, BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches. BarkBoxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first BarkBox. Dimity let BarkBox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel anytime. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com AMR. That's BarkBox.com AMR. Woof! Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's StoryWorth.com AMR. I'm not sure. A melty you factor. Know. Melting and also, yeah, I just feel like that's a little bit heavier in your stomach than, you know, a Snickers bar might satisfy, but it might just lay there like a log for a while. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and there's obviously people will say, well, you're running and you shouldn't be, you know, that's a healthy thing to do and you shouldn't be eating candy. And I and I understand that. Um, but, you know, if that's exciting to you and you want to take along five Starbursts for your run, like, and you're running eight or nine miles, you know, go ahead. I think that that's fine. Um, and you can also, the, the other people- thing that I've used actually with, with really good results and, um, and I'm usually a lot of my long bike rides are fruit snacks, kids fruit snacks. I mean, we, cause so a lot of this like quote unquote performance food gets to be really pricey. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I've got, you know, 12,000 boxes of Star Wars <laughs> fruit snacks. So I'm just going to eat some of those. I you know, sure they, you know, aren't the most <laughs> delicious, but, um, but again, it's that simple sugar. Yeah. And also, I mean, if for the, for the more perhaps health conscious people out there, I mean, you can eat things like fig Newtons or dried, fr- yeah, dried fruit. Um, and then I liked one tip somebody had on our Facebook page this week when this question came up was that to use jelly beans um, rather than, say, sport beans. Because, you know, as you point out, a lot of that performance food can get really expensive. And so, you know, just go to the bulk aisle and, and see kind of, you know, 
if the, which jelly bean flavor you want or whatever. But, but um, you know, and I mean, I have had a friend hand me off a bagel during a marathon because I'm like, okay, I just need some, some carbohydrates. I just want something kind of to gnaw on. And, you know, it, it passes the miles, you know, picking those Swedish fish out of your teeth, you know, the, there's half a mile right there. <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? Yeah. Um, but it is always important to, to follow that stuff with fluid, you know, so drink some water or some noon or whatever, because um, not only does it help your body process it, but, but you know, like you don't want to run with Swedish fish or Tootsie Roll stuck to your teeth for 18 miles. You know, as a mom, I got to say that that could lead to cavities. <laughs> your dentist wouldn't approve. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is if you really want to save money, you know, pick out, go through your kid's Halloween basket after, mm. uh, after Halloween and pick out all that, you know, all the Skittles and Starbursts and all that stuff. And, <laughs> right. and, but to make your own stash. This is, you'd be like, no, this is my running stash. This is the payment that I get for being your mother. And um, sorry if you don't agree. <laughs> and what do you, when you don't have Halloween candy, what do your kids normally pay you to be their mother, Dimity? <laughs> it's uh, my it's total aside, but my friend Amanda, who's very funny, um, posted on her Facebook page. She said, um, I am telling my children that um, workers in um, – what did she say? Workers in like unpleasant conditions often get paid more for their time. And so I'm making them pay me <laughs> when they like, you know, are rude, throw a tantrum, do this, do that. And she's like, and to, um, and to show that I'm serious, I made a jar and I labeled it mini Cooper. She really wants a mini Cooper. <laughs> so she's like, and I already have $4 this morning. I'm like, workers in I did that. The, I did that the other day. John was having some one of his many outbursts, and so I was like, "That's it. You've wasted my time. You owe me three dollars." And uh, oh, he that of course made him start crying all over again. And so, yeah, exactly. So then the um, the next day or two, he saw this little plastic krill that he wanted that cost a dime at this place called Scrap here in Portland. He was just a in, krill like a shrimp. Yes. So it looked like this. I'll have to take a picture of it, maybe in tweet it um that uh uh yeah it was just i don't know why this place scrap they have just all sorts of refuse and things that people don't want anything from bottle tops to carpets remnants to plastic krill and so he just really wanted this 10 cent krill and so i was like oh john i'll just give you a dime and phoebe blurts out he still owes you three dollars mom all righty we know who's keeping the tally in this household exactly that wasn't that so funny when you like in your head you're like okay i'm gonna say this one thing and that's really really gonna stick to them and they're gonna like behave after that and it usually sends them off the deep end you know like where you say like you know yes and then now you owe me three dollars i'll be like and now you must go to your room or i don't know what it, i can't think of an, a great example right now but it's like in your head you have this thing like and then it will be this dramatic effect, and it's something they'll remember forever. And instead, it just sends them, like, you know, further down the line. You're just like, oh, dang yeah. it. What have I just done? Right. You know, like, now I've got to, like, clean up the mess again. Like, right. Back know. to square one. The, exactly. The, the torrent exactly. of Maybe tears. A mother-running parenting methods show or something like that. Like, yeah. so I got to tell you, I mean – you know, I, this summer has been, talk about a slog. Like, I don't know what it's been with this summer. I don't know if it's because both my husband and I are freelancing now. And so we're like trading off days and, you know, we don't have as much help as we, we have, I have someone that helps us two days a week. So we typically, um, trade one other day. So we each take a weekday and then I end up taking two. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working three days a week and, and being with my kids too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, 
I don't know what it is, but I am just like, I cannot wait for school to start. And I know some moms are probably not in their head in agreement. I hope some of you are at least. And I mean, I know that there are other moms that are like, you know, love the unscheduled time and the late bedtimes and the sleeping in mm-hmm. and all that. But I am like, dude, give me my schedule back. Give me my <laughs> office back. I'm recording this from a different place. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, don't know. I hope someone else is having this experience. I'm not the only one because I kind of feel like the bad mom because I'm just like, enough of my kids. You guys need to go back to, you know. To, to your school. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know how it is. I was on uh, the kids, all three kids. This is the only week that they're all going to the same camp. And uh, so I pick them up at 3.30. I'm like, oh, and then instead of, you know, taking them home and letting them do whatever, oh, we'll go to a park and then, gosh, we'll go and get some ice cream. It's going to be great. And then <laughs> just uh, the whole time I'm like, okay, like how much longer, you know, is it okay to only spend 25 minutes at the park? Do we really need to spend 45 minutes? Like this is, you know, yeah, and then, yeah. then also thinking, okay, don't check the iPhone. Don't check the email, you know, just leave it alone, experience it, you know, so... I, I, I yeah. hear. You know I, what I do? Just don't bring it with you. I mean, honestly, like, you know, it's a little bit like, um, you know, I don't know, like basic, mm-hmm. like you should have more self-discipline and saying you, meaning I and the world at large should have more discipline not to look at it, mm-hmm. but just leave it at home. Like just say it has to be charging or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if you're mm-hmm. gone, if you don't have it for an hour and a half, like big deal, you know? But, but what if you need to talk to me, Timothy? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? It's okay. I'm at the point now where I'm like, it can wait. I mean, there's nothing. I, I honestly, like, I look around and I just see like, I mean, do you see the cover of the New Yorker? Um, like, I think it was either last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. It's this family of four in like a tropical location and they're all looking down at their phones. And oh. I'm like, wow, that's pretty much where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And I include myself here. I'm not, I'm definitely not, you know, um, better than anybody else. But mm-hmm. I just, you know, when I do leave at home, I almost find like myself like, what am I going to do? Because everyone else is looking at their phone. Right, right. It's like you in the race, not listening to music, surrounded by iPod listeners. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're like, wait, who am I going to talk to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so I'll get off that little uh, digital uh, podium, a little digital, not a podium, what's it called? Uh, your uh, soapbox. Yeah, I'll get off my digital soapbox now um, by um, doing the next question, which is from Corey. Um, how do I fend off well-meaning family and friends who swear I'm trashing my knees by running? Hey, can I, can I, you are not trashing your knees by running. Um, the, I've done plenty of stories on this and, um, all the science points to the fact that, um, running does not ruin your knees. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a caveat though. Like if you were a soccer player and you tore your ACL or you have, you know, alignment issues to start with, or your knees were going to get hurt some other way, or they have been hurt others some other way, running can exacerbate that. Mm. Um, and that's the one thing you kind of have to say, like, that's your red flag. So, you know, if you have a previous injury from some other sport or, um, or you're very out of line, um, running can exacerbate it. But, um, but that said, there's a lot of ways to strengthen, you know, the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments around your knees so that you can still run, even if you, you know, were Julie Foudy back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so just tell them, you know, tell them Dimity says you're not hurting <laughs> your knees. The science says that. Can I have, can I chime in with an anecdote, which is that I uh, went to my high school reunion and, and I honestly don't remember which year it was. Um, 
right after which year anniversary was uh, right after running the Big Sur Marathon. So I go back to Connecticut. I'm all excited to tell all these people, you know, I ran this, oh, this beautiful, you know, West Coast Marathon. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it the greatest? And (laughs) by no fail, every single person, the first comment out of their mouth was, oh, you're going to ruin your knees. I'm just like, "Um, can we like give me a little kudos here or talk about like, oh, I hear that's a beautiful marathon before you totally dive into the, eh. You're going to, you'll shoot your eye out. It's almost like, it's almost like that's their like knee jerk hot (laughs) excuse to kind of justify them not running. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I often find that people criticize um, the things that they actually want to be doing, but either, you know, aren't for whatever reason. So, you know, like, um, so I, I mean, almost like twist it, you know, and be like, no, actually mine are fine. How are your knees? Or, (laughs) you know, do you want to join me one time? Or I don't know, but I do find that people, you know, they tend to criticize what they um what they don't have the inner drive to do mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'll bring you to my next high school reunion dimity <laughs> right, I'll, I'll do that yeah yeah um so, um, so we have one time for one more question and that one's going to be from patty and um she asks, how do i avoid the evil voice in my head at the end of a race the one who keeps telling me i'm tired and need to walk when i never walk during training runs i hate it and it all goes back to what you were talking about earlier in the show, Dim, which is about mental toughness. I mean, so obviously the first um, line of defense is to read the mental toughness chapter in Run Like a Mother. Um, but, I mean, it's something that you really work on. I mean, I, I love that Patty says she doesn't walk during training runs. And, I mean, I, I mean, what do you do, Dim, when it, when it tells you to I mean, walk? So, pra- so, so two practical things are, one, how are you pacing yourself? Because if you don't walk during training runs are you going out really really hard and then struggling to stay on Mm. because that's when i usually want to walk is when i've gone out way too hard Mm -hmm. um so that's you know that's so that's like a pacing issue like knowing what your splits should be and um and kind of staying in that range um and secondly we've said this a lot during our talks at races but um when you're when you want to walk um and you know that you're capable of keeping running. Um, it's almost like your brain trying to shut your body down. Mm-hmm. So I'd recommend trying to take in some calories, um, mm-hmm. to keep your muscles going. So, you know, eat a gel or drink some sports drink or eat those Swedish fish you have stashed in your sweaty little pocket. <laughs> um, and, uh, so those, those are two practical things. Um, but the other thing is, you know, I just set really, really small goals. I mean, in the triathlon, I said it wasn't bad, but you know, when I hit mile two on, Sunday, I wanted to walk. I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I just said, okay, I had these little, there were these little cones separating the out and back, you know, the outers and the backers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I just decided I was going to go 20 cones, 20 cones, 20 cones. And they were far, they were far apart. I mean, it took a while to do 20. And I mean, I think it, it, it was a good, that was a good goal. So you just have to almost like set yourself up for really, really tiny um, goals that you can just kind of get there. So I'm going to get to that water table. Now I'm going to get to that tree and I'm not going to walk. And it, eventually, you know, the idea is that you get to the point where you're like, Oh, I'm almost there. Or the, the feeling passes one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the last I- thing I do is if I say that I, if I really want to walk, I will say, okay, you get, you know, X amount of time and it's never, it's never more than a minute. And I usually try to make it 30 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. And I walk and then I'd start running again. I was like, you know, 
it, maybe it helps a little bit. So if you want to do, you know, give yourself 10 second walk breaks, but my gut is that you're going out too hard and, um, and not pacing yourself. So I would probably try and work on that. Also, um, you, you touched on it, but I, that, that, you know, just because you feel crummy at mile, just because you felt crummy at mile two, Demi, let's use you as the example, doesn't mean necessarily you're going to feel crummy at 2.5. Or you know two point six. So it just just because well, <laughs> towards the end of the race, it, 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 it I think it does. But that's oh, but, but it's, mm. it's different if you're at mile fifteen of a marathon. But you know that it it depends upon where you are and what level of exertion you've had that day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I because I mean, I think about um, when you and I did uh, rock and roll Nashville, the country music half marathon last year and i you know was feeling lousy lousy at nine and a half and i was able to really turn that race around and you know i i did you know use your i did a a goo just like you recommended just then but also you know i took in the salt tablets but but i just think i don't know like on a long run you realize that there's such peaks and valleys when you're running and that you know what you feel this second doesn't determine how you're gonna feel for the next you know for the rest of a race and yeah um, yeah, and also no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, but my my experience is usually that I I crash. It's not that I feel crummy. It's that I crash. You mm-hmm. know, and so mm-hmm. it's hard to get back that feeling. And that's and that's just practice. I mean, you practice doing that. You know, mm-hmm. and you have the head to do that. So I mean, that's that's all good, and it, it shows that it's possible. But mm-hmm. I would have to say I'm not at that point yet. And I also always pack one more goo than I think I'm going to need. And I did that on Saturday in that twenty miler. Is that um, I wasn't planning on eating a goo when I got to Ellison's house, but I was like, you know what? No, no law against taking in a final goo, even though I'm three miles from my house. The goo police are coming after you. you <laughs> right. Wow, wow. So, um, and that, you know, uh, um, wraps up this episode of another Mother Runner, Dimity. Can't believe it. We blew through another 30 minutes with people. We blew through another 30 minutes with like, you know, answering like four questions and talking about ourselves most of the time. <laughs> right. Sorry, we'll be more, we'll be more helpful next time. <laughs> so, um, and we are helpful in other places though. You can find us on Facebook at Run Like a Mother the Book. Our website is anothermotherrunner.com. We're on Twitter. Dimity's at Dimity on the Run and I'm at SBS on the Run. And many happy miles to you. Thank you.